Have you ever had that sense or that feeling that something isn't just working? It's just not going the way you thought it was going to go. And you're not really sure why. You're uncertain. And yet, you think it is. And I guess the question is, is it really working or not? So today, we're going to discuss, well, how do you know whether something is working or isn't working? And then, I guess, sometime down the road, maybe the later this week, we'll figure out, well, what do you do next? That's probably next week or the week after. Because there's a lot, I think, to talk about as we're going to explore on episode four, or 840 of today's antidote. Stay tuned for today's antidote brought to you by the Renegade Success Network. Today's antidote features a healthy dose of thought-provoking insights and information for business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders, and nonprofit professionals. Each day since March of 2020, this program has offered that one thing to help you continue on your own unique pathway to success. And now, Renegades, we bring you Bob Graham and Tom Brush. Good morning, Tom. Happy Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Good morning. Happy Not to be confused with Matt Monster Truck Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The Grave Digger. Big John Johnson. Remember those ads? I do. I'm not sure how you remember the name of the big trucks, but. The Grave Digger is only the greatest monster truck ever. The greatest? How do you know that? The Grave Digger. Come on, just a great name. <laughs> I don't know why that flashed into my head. I actually went to the monster trucks once. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Was it loud? It was loud, but the worst part was the smell. After about a half hour, the smell was absolutely overwhelming. I would think there'd be a lot of exhaust. Yes. There was probably a, there was not a great for your probably not. Thing. Probably probably <laughs> maybe that's why he's called the Great Digger. <laughs> Possibly. I guess awesome. the monster truck folks won't be sponsoring us anytime soon. Yeah, or ex the exhaust people either. <laughs> the exhaust people. I think the exhaust people have been sponsoring us from day one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Go on. <laughs> All right, everyone. Good morning and welcome to today's Antidote, our daily broadcast and podcast, uh, where each week Bob and I have a topic that we discuss. And then each day of the week, we dive into that topic a little bit deeper. And this week, we're going to discuss identifying what isn't working and try to at least address, I'm not sure we can answer the question, how do you know whether it's working or not? I think it's a fascinating discussion. So as we go through that discussion, if you have any thoughts or ideas that you would like to share, please feel free to put them in the comments because we know that it'll add value to our show. We'll actually share them. We are live. We were We recorded a few episodes last week um, but this week we're live. And so, at least for the moment. So please feel free to share your thoughts and ideas. At the conclusion of that conversation, Bob and I will each offer our one thing, our today's antidote. That thing that we hope today might help you, or maybe somewhere down the road, might help you figure out how to take your next step. When you might be uncertain, not quite sure, a little less confident, and things seem a little bit out of control. We can hopefully help you identify. This will help you identify what isn't working. And then what maybe to do next, you can figure that out. That'll be the second step. And of course, if you have a one thing, please feel free to share that as well, because we know there might be someone out there who has had someone trying to tell them that something isn't working for a long time. They just haven't 
been able to hear it. And yet when you say it, they are able to finally truly hear it and then be able to take their next step. So please feel free to share your value. Before we dive into that conversation, though, each morning Bob and I share our celebrations. So we think it's a great way for you to put yourself in a mindset that allows you to think about moving forward and not just in that moment of being stuck or frustrated and beating yourself up, because that's pretty easy for us to do. So, Bob, what are you celebrating today? I was at church yesterday morning, and after church, someone came up to me who I'd never met before, and they said, I just love the way you carry yourself. And I thought, that's odd. You know, I'm sorry, do I know you? No, no, I just see you come each week, and I see how you interact with people, and I see how, how you just how you are. And I really, I I just sit and I watch every week and it really gives me strength. And I think the the lesson, this is not so much about me. I think the lesson really is how people look at us and they see us, even though we don't see them and that they see how we carry ourselves at the times when we're not, when we're not even looking to be carried a certain way. There are times when I walk into a room and I'm acting a certain way. And then there are times like when I go to church on Sunday where I'm just being Bob. And sometimes those are the same. Sometimes those two people are different. And I think sometimes we don't often we don't realize that people see us when we're not expected to be looked at. Like I go to church Sunday. Sometimes I don't even shave. It's just. It's like, you know, it's Sunday morning, it's eight o'clock. I'm not going to bother. Just if someone doesn't like that, I shave or don't shave, whatever. I think so often people look, people see us for who we are when we're not being, when we don't think we're being looked at. Does that make any sense? People see us for what we are when we don't think. Do you usually think you're being looked at? Or do you always? Well, if you go to a networking event, if you go to, a party, if you go to a dinner with friends, you know you're being looked at because, you know, you and I had lunch together on Friday. I certainly knew that you'd be looking at me. You'd be interacting with me and you'd be, you know. Trying not to. So was I. <laughs> By the I, way, folks, if, if you want to get if you want to get an earful, just go to lunch with Tom once every six months. <laughs> I'm not sure I give an earful. I think I just ask questions. You asked a lot of questions. <laughs> yes. So, you, so you're saying people shouldn't go to lunch with me, or they should? That's their choice. Depends okay. if they want to get grilled. <laughs> if you want to get grilled, hey, I will say he did pay for lunch, so there was that. And I provided you with a nice gift. You did. That was a very nice gift. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I I don't have it right in front of me. I would show people some really nice notebooks and pens. If you join our Renegade Success Network, they can be yours. Look at that pen. Hard to see, but it says Renegade Success Network. And the notebook is a perfect size. Uh, You could put it in your back pocket. You could put it in your purse. You could put it uh, in your car. So if you're looking for a notebook, because I think we all know how hard this day and age is to come up with a notebook, Tom can hook you up. Sure. So I'm celebrating the fact that I, I think it's just that we're seen all the time. 
Even your cat right now is watching you. Maybe. Maybe. No, he's watching the birds. Uh, <laughs> I don't even compare to the birds on a good morning. Yeah, fair enough. Fair How enough. about you? What are you celebrating? What am I celebrating? You know, I guess I'm celebrating that yesterday uh, was kind of the first in a long line of upcoming summer girls lacrosse club events. And Tom officiates girls and women's lacrosse. And assign, and assign tournaments as well. And so yesterday's for those events. Correct. Yesterday was I was out on the field pretty much from about 10 o'clock until almost six. We did have an hour or so break in there for lunch. And it's gorgeous it just weather was, though. Oh, it was perfect weather. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Um, although it was interesting though, is you know, one of the reasons why it's never nothing's ever really perfect, is that it was there was a nice cool breeze in the morning that made it almost, if I wasn't running up and down the field, almost feel like it was a little cool. And I might've needed something a little more like a sweatshirt or a shirt, long sleeve shirt. And then, you know, of course, then the breeze goes away in the afternoon and it's like, okay, it's 3.30 and we've been out here forever. And now I'm feeling really warm. So this is one of those days. And it just uh, reminded me and started to get me in shape what for what will become a summer week of weekends of long days on the lacrosse field, which I do enjoy. So that's and really point. warm wasn't humid at all yesterday. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, in the Baltimore area, it was what probably a high seventies. I think it got up to. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I was not looking at a thermometer. I was looking at a lacrosse ball. I went for a walk at the point the wind stopped blowing, and it got. It was a windbreaker to no windbreaker very quickly. Yes. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. So, so may, I jump in, may I jump into the topic? Of course. I think we are prone to quickly try to assess what's not working. In fact, I think we're preset to think that things are not working. Our default is something isn't working. At least I know that's the case for me. It's quick for me to try something for, oh, I don't know, 30 seconds and go, well, this isn't working and want to abandon it. I think how we define what's not working is really more complex. And I think I wish sometimes that my default was that it was working. And I go into the day and say, hey, this is working really well. And then wait for the proof that it might not be working really well. Because I think the way I go into most days is this isn't going to work. And then I think often I prove that it doesn't work by that mindset. Is that is is that in any way clear? Sure. Well, I think one of the things, it was interesting the way you phrased that. In that as you started talking about the difference between whether we think it, whether we're the person who's predisposed to think it isn't working or predisposed. Oh yeah, it is working after 30 seconds. And, and I think it's interesting is that for both, I think you're stuck. You just don't really know it because mm -hmm. if you assume that it's working, right, you at least know what to do, even though you might do the same thing. Oh, you think you know what to do. Correct. And you do that over and over and over and over and over again, because you're assuming that it's working. That's your assumption you're starting out with. Yep. And when in reality, that might not be the case. 
if you start out with the assumption, well, this isn't going to work, or you're at least skeptical about it, you're also stuck because like, well, if this doesn't work, I don't know what to do next either. And, or, or I don't know what to do next. And so to me, both of those are, you're kind of stuck. And you just, in one, you don't know it. And the other, you're really into not sure or uncertain. You become unconfident very quickly. And I think that, you know, one of those things that, that might be good for you to figure out or to look back on as a way to try to determine is what's your history then? Are you a, I think this is working or are you thinking that I'm, this isn't working person? And that's always easy to identify either. It's just a thing for you to consider because I think that we are predisposed one way or the other. Do you think, would you agree? Absolutely. I'm going to jump in with some comments, Tom. I see Jackie's with us. We're often eager for quick results, so we give up too soon. Oh boy, don't. <laughs> that that that'll be my uh, tombstone. <laughs> he, he wanted quick results, so he gave up too soon. And there there lies Bob Graham. <laughs> and then from Kelly, maybe it is we do not take the time to actually find out what the actual issue is. To your point, in both situations, you were stuck but don't know why. I think that's an interesting point. And I think that sometimes is the challenge, right? Is, is it really what you think kind of the immediate upfront thing is that isn't working or is there something deeper behind it that, uh, that is causing this? You know, we were, when we were talking about this topic, we were having the conversation about the golf swing. Oddly enough, I don't know quite sure why. And, you know, the thing that, well, the, I keep slicing the ball as many golfers do. And I think that it's the club, it's the swing, it's, you know, all these, it could be. It's the ball, it's right, the, there's team, a many, it's there's the a lot course, of it's the wind, I yes. Right, it's somebody distracted me. It's all those things that we sort of initially identified. I didn't warm well. up enough. Correct. <laughs> Yet, there might be something even more underlying beneath it. That is the root cause of it all, that you, that even the best swing coach might not be able to help you identify because it might not be about your swing. It might which, be even deeper. Which brings us to Ed's point. You can set yourself up for failure if you're not visualizing the results first. Sure. It's incredible the power of our mind. I, I, I like. Although it can't help us dunk a basketball. We did almost disprove that theory. <laughs> At least for Bob. You have to go back three years, folks. <laughs> it was COVID. It was a tough day. Are you going to try to pull that up? I was looking for it. I thought I maybe had it saved in our video clips, and I don't, uh, unfortunately. That you should, you should uh, rerun that in the group this week. For those idea. of you who don't know, back when COVID started, I don't know why, but we got talking one day about how I should be able to dunk a basketball because I'm so no, how you there. wanted to be able to dunk a basketball. How I wanted to be able to dunk a basketball. And I'm six six and I had a basket in my driveway at the time. And so we set out one morning to prove whether you could dunk a basket, whether I could dunk a basketball. Tom coached me through it. It was wet that day. I remember that the surface was wet and slippery, and well, it didn't go as planned. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> Well, and part of the theory was that is because it was about mindset. 
you know, and Ed, right. Ed even says, you know, in golf, you can overthink it about your swing. And I think you in can life, you can overthink things, business, life, trying to dunk a basketball. You know, our premise for that exercise was that I had remembered in growing up that there was a, you know, the things that your mind can help you do. And one of the things they talked about was dunking a basketball and how if you really went through the mental imagery and the, um, is it tactile imagery? Yep. Not tactile imagery, the tactile feelings right. of what your legs feel like as you as you leave the ground and push off the ground and what it'll feel like when the rim hits your fingers. And so, yes, we, for somehow, Bob agreed to go out and attempt oh. that. Well, if we go back to it, as I think about it now, and I didn't think about it then, I didn't believe I could do it. I really did. I don't. I just don't. So hmm. part of, and that's based on track record of a lifetime of it not working. And I think the application applies to business as well. And I'll tell you where this really jumps at me is when I play golf, if there's a water hazard, if my last thought before the water hazard, the pond, the lake, the river, whatever is, do not hit the ball into the water. It's a solid guarantee the ball's going in the water. You can, you can bank on that. If my last thought is, okay, the water's to the right. I want to hit the ball to the left of the water. There's a really nice tree there. I'd rather hit the tree than the water. Odds are I'm going to get closer to the tree than the water. And I think that's that visualizing plays a real role. And I think when we talk about what isn't working, I think we tend to visualize, I know I do, the worst possible scenario. I did it when we were meeting Friday. We were talking through some things. I'm like, you know, what about this and this and this? And I think we, we often do that because we're doing something new. And getting back to Jack's point, we want quick results. It has to work now. Otherwise, I'm going to start to look foolish. And what do we know from research about small businesses? The majority of them fail just shortly before they would reach success. The person gives up days, weeks, months before it might have worked. And the best example of that is I met a woman some years ago, and she had a uh, contract that she applied for with the government. And she was in business. She needed this big contract. She couldn't make it. She closed two weeks later, a week later, she gets a note, she gets a letter from the government saying, hey, you've been approved. It's your contract. And it was too late. She had already shut down. Employees gone, couldn't recoup, couldn't restart it. Great example of she was close, but she couldn't hold on any longer. And I think we see that that's a very extreme example. I think we do that in our businesses all the time. You know, if it's Okay, this morning I'm going to call three vendors and see if I can get a lower price for pencils because my business needs pencils. And you call the first person and they go, no, the price is $1.29 per pencil. Okay, that's it. I'm stuck with $1.29. We don't make the second call where it might be $0.89 cents, or it might be $1.28 or it might be $1.40. And we certainly don't make the third call because we, we accept that first thing because that proves to us that something isn't working. And how do we know that something's not working in that case? Because the first try we made didn't work. Well, I think the interesting thing with that is going back to, you know, part of our initial conversation was the person who thinks it isn't working and the person who thinks it will work, who will keep calling 
to find out the cost of a pencil because they believe that they, if they keep doing that, they will find whatever the number is that they're looking for, 59 cents. And if I just keep calling enough people, it will actually work out. And, and in reality, they are potentially sort of stuck doing the same thing. They're stuck doing one action they think is going to get a result rather than bailing out on actions that they don't believe are going to get the result. I see Kelly's comment here. Expecting quick results are a result of capitalist mindset. And in reality, there's no quick or overnight success. Thank you for the reminder needed to hear this today. Thank you, Kelly. That's great. That that uh, that makes my day. You know, I love those words of affirmation. <laughs> Even though they were really, well, I guess needed to hear that was affirmation. That's, they were also words of affirmation for her. She was saying them to herself as well, which is... And, and I think that's a really interesting perspective. That's the capitalist mindset, right? We've, we've got to make money. We've got to make it work. We've got to have more. We've got to do better. We've got to keep plugging away to make more, make more, make more, be better, be better, be better, as opposed to that time where, you know, we we just accept. We, we don't succeed unless we've failed many times. I... Take it from someone who is trying to figure out how to do finger-picking guitar and trying to learn all kinds of notes on the fretboard after 20 years. It is slow and tedious. Well, here's the interesting thing. You said you failed many times. Isn't that just leading to a mindset that you're going to continue to fail? Or I learned a lot. And if I keep learning and keep growing from every action that I take, maybe there's the opportunity that we will get closer and closer to where we're at. And I think that's the, those are some of the mindset challenges. Those are some of the things that are, I think are behind. It might not be your finger picking. That's the issue. It might be your mindset that I just, I'm just going to keep failing at this and never really actually believe that you are going to achieve any sort of success or that the next attempt is going to add any value. It's just going to be a failure. And I think when we start to use the word failure, we just immediately give up on there's no value whatsoever in what you've just done. Rather than seeing it as something that you've learned and be like, hmm, I learned this today. What can I learn tomorrow that might get me closer and closer to where I want to be? It's funny you say that because I've learned a lot what the notes sound like because I've hit the wrong note so many times that now I know, no, that's not a C, that's a B. And that wasn't even what I was trying to learn. Well, now you've, so you actually did learn something. I you did. What a I did. Is, and I, th I think it's the same in business, right? Of course. When, when, when you learn that email doesn't work for you, that means that you narrow the, the pool of things that you might try next time. And when you say a sentence and the sentence doesn't work, I, I like Kelly's perspective. Could it all be just research? Yes. I, I, I agree. Here's a thought, you know, you know, are you paying work. Kelly to give you uh, to feed us your lines today? No. Well, no, because because she sounds very similar to you. I love this response and I would change. I like learn rather than research. We can do a lot of research and never, ever take any action from that research. Fair. Although, no, I'm going to make a point here. You, the guy who doesn't like adjectives and doesn't like terms that have judgment tied to them, research is different than learn. Learn means you have to find something. Research is just 
It just is. Research isn't good, bad, up, down, left, or right. Learning is you've got to accomplish something, right? So I like research by your your desire not to put adjectives on things. It's research because it could be good research, bad research, could be helpful, it could be non-helpful. Oh, those are the judgments. Right, but I'm saying that's why research is a great word because it ju- it doesn't have a positive or negative connotation. Does learning? Well, I think it sets you up that you have to accomplish something, right? We have to learn. Pretty much any time you do something, do you learn? Do you have the opportunity to learn from? Absolutely, you have the opportunity. You do not always learn from things. Uh, most of the times, because I think you judge it. Uh, agreed. And I think that, so I think that, like, again, I love research because I think I, I love that she chose that phrase and that concept. Sometimes I think re- we can do a ton of research and then just have all this research and and think that we need to do more research. I think when we have, when we learn, and if we, if we accept that we can always learn, that the, the learning opportunity is there. And yes, Kelly, I love that concept. Thank you for sharing it. Me just being, sometimes I, you know, get on these things and uh, it is research. And hopefully with that research, we have identified that we can learn something from all research. So I appreciate that. Yes. Are you ready for your one thing? I think I am. Why don't you go okay, ahead? Okay, so we're talking about identifying what isn't working. How do you know? What's your one thing? You want me to go first? Please. So my one thing is, I don't think you'll ever know. Which which sounds like that's, hmm, I don't know what to do about that. What I think is that so often we are going to have an emotional response to whatever happens, to whatever results we get. And we're going to let that emotional response dictate what whether it's working or not working. I I think that there's another way to understand that we're never going to know. Because again, you could make a million calls. There's probably a million people who provide pencils to get the price that you want to get and never get it. Um, And you might make one call and get it right away be like, wow, that works. I just need to call one person and I get exactly what I want. And so I think that there is the opportunity to determine how long, how far, how many are you going to attempt that you feel like, okay, I've done all the research that I can. I've learned a lot from this. And here is the point at which I am going to choose to reconsider what I'm doing. If I made a hundred calls trying to find the best price for pencils. At some point, I might say, you know what? I feel like I've done a lot of learning. I've done a lot of research and I've learned a lot. And I am just going to make it. I'm just going to go with what I feel like is the decision that I can make at the time, given the knowledge, experience and perspective that I have. And really not try to say this is working or isn't working. I just have set up an, an advance. This is my point at which I am going to choose whether I continue doing this or doing something different. Okay. I'm going to go in a different direction. I like that. 
it's it's giving me stuff to think about and i'm gonna have to go back and listen again and, and ponder it a second time but i think for me uh the the time we know something isn't working is when we keep doing the same thing over and over and over expecting a different result when we know because we've tried it enough that that result's not going to come and so often i know i've tried something more times than I should have expecting the result to change until someone says to me, and this is where I, I think having an outside perspective can be really valuable. Hey, I'm Bob. What, what makes you think this is going to be different this time? Well, you know, it's Monday morning. Okay. But you tried this all day, last Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. You've thought about it all weekend. You've gone, you've, you've done all that you can do. And I think sometimes that discussion around, what would make it different is the opportunity. Is that? Yeah, I, no, I agree. I mean, I, I think we're saying sort of in different ways, a similar thing. I, I would agree. But I think to me, that outside voice, like I think on Friday, when you and I were talking about something I was going through, you were giving me a different perspective. Sure. I was in it fully invested in it in a in a way that I couldn't see the outside perspective. And even though I didn't shift to your perspective, and I don't even know if your your perspective through your question was really what you believed. I think it was part of it was, I just want to make you think about this a different way because I think you need to have new perspectives on this issue. I think that's really valuable because what it the takeaway for me was, as I was thinking about later in the day, it's like, okay, wow. Tom asked me this question. My answer wasn't what I thought my answer was going to be to this. So I didn't really, what I thought was working, I questioned more, which is the first step to figuring out what we ultimately are trying to accomplish and how we can accomplish it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the challenge is being open to at least consider that there might be other perspectives that might have value. I think when we, when we, predetermine or we early on determine this is working or it isn't you feel like why do i need an outside perspective i know what's going on i know it's working or i know it isn't working i just move forward and do something else and i think that or keep doing the same thing right correct right if you think it's working you keep doing the same thing and i think that's the challenge is that or if you think it's going to work next time you keep doing the same thing right uh, correct. I've tried it 20 times. I know I'm getting close. This 21st time I'm going to do it. I, I did this playing golf one time. I hit nine balls. It was like tin cup. I hit nine balls into the water before I hit one over the water. Cause I was swore I was going to do it. I, I, we, I was on a trip. I got to take a trip to Ireland with the golf team when I was at Binghamton university and we flew overnight, drove to a place and played. Okay. And, wow. and on the 18th hole, there was a water in front of the green. And I think, and I don't know whether it was I was tired. I was convinced I could do at least 10 shots. And nine of those 10 went in the water. I did, finally. And it was only like a 120-yard shot or something that shouldn't have been that difficult. And I tin cupped it. For a while, it was. But we, but we've, we've all done it. We've right. done it in our business. We've done it in our personal life. We've that. That's not go. That that's a great example that you and I both share. 
but I know I've done it a million times in my business. I know I've done it in my personal life countless times. Just, I know if I do this one more time, it's going to work. Well, and the question is, at what point does that become? The, the hard part sometimes is we do get a result that fits what we were looking for. And then think, well, if I just keep doing enough, I'll eventually figure it out. And so we go into that pattern. Well, and also, you, by the third time you hit the ball into the water, your mindset was, I'm going to hit the ball in the water. Of course. It wasn't, I'm going to hit 120 yards on the green. Well, my mindset was. Can we do that? Oh, I'm going to make one more call, and it's going to be a lousy call. That's, I think that's the, how do you know, is when you've got the mindset that this isn't going to work, and you keep doing it, and you just perpetuate the problem. You magnify it. Yes, I would agree. Excellent. So Monday morning, it's a perfect time to just clear your head and say, whatever you're going to do today, it's going to work. Which or would be well, embracing the renegading you. Ooh, I would go with that you're going to learn from it. Okay. Because again, Which is working, it, right? It's going to work. It, but it works if you learn from it. If that's how you define working, yes. Yes, that I would agree with. Okay. All right, everyone. Uh, oh, Kelly's got one more comment. So how do you balance the keep going so you don't give up too early when success is around the corner and you need to course correct? I'll let you start with that one, Tom. Go ahead. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think that um, I think that there's – here's my thing, is we make a decision on how long we want to try. And at what point do we think that – we have done what we could to try to do it. Understand what we've learned from all of that and then figure out, do I keep going or not? So that at least we've determined a time set that's preset, that's without emotion. And it's not always, it's a very difficult thing to do on your own. I think it's a lot easier when you have a conversation with someone who says like, okay, at what point are you with this? Because the challenge is the emotion builds up. And either you've done it 10 times and it seems to be working. And so you, without thinking, you just say, oh, yeah, this is working. So it's going to keep working. I just keep going. And before we know it, it's like, okay, now it's not working. It's not working as well as I thought. And and I think that's the challenge. I think the other side is true, is if it's not working, how, how do I not give up too soon? And too soon is just a judgment on what it is. So it's just picking a time frame. And, and I think then evaluating that time frame. So that's one of the things that we do within our um, Renegade Success Network is help you. says, thank you. Very helpful. You're very welcome, Colleen. Thanks for asking the question. And I think, again, you know, if that's something you're stuck with, I mean, Bob and I would love to have a conversation with you. I'd be happy to have a conversation with you about, you know, what does that look like? Because it's one thing to be able to set those, to be able to take the first step set those timelines and, and think you've got that figured out. Well, then how do you make sure you're learning along the way and the emotion doesn't change? How do you figure out, okay, now I've reached that time frame and what do I do next? And I think- Or how do you hold on to that milestone? Even though being, everything in you is saying, stop, 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 or keep going, keep going, keep going. Absolutely. The accountability to all of it is, is a challenge as well because, and one of the nice things about having somebody outside to talk to is the emotion isn't with them. They're able to stick with, here's what you said. 
And now this is what you've done. And now we're at that point of what you, this is what you said you wanted to do. How do we stay accountable to it? That's very challenging to do on your own because you're so wrapped up in the emotion of it all that it's very difficult to be able to see other perspectives that might have you considering other things as Bob and I were doing a little bit on Friday is that, you know, he walked away from that, not being told what he should do, just giving him a different perspective that, that allows him to consider some things he hadn't considered. And really that's a lot of what our, the work that Bob and I do is all about is trying to help people give an outside perspective so that they can make sure that they are learning and not just judging whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. And so, I would add, Tom, it's also really hard for the people that want to support you to do that. Of course. You're, you're very unique in that you can separate the friendship part of our relationship and just go into coach mode with me very easily and then come back. And if I'd said to you, all right, stop, Tom, that's enough, you would have gone back to friend mode because you do it professionally, but it's really difficult if you're someone's spouse, if you're someone's significant other, if you're someone's close friend, or if you're someone's employee, it's very hard to hold someone accountable. It's very hard to ask them those hard questions because that's not the role you really want. You want to be that support network. And I think that's where sometimes people get get caught up. It's like, well, I, I, why didn't you tell me? Well, I didn't tell you because I don't want to be the person to break it to you that, hey, maybe this isn't working and your dreams shattered. And, you know, that's what often happens. So I think that's one of the other things we've seen in what we do is we, we give people an outlet that's a safe space to actually have that discussion unvarnished. You know, when I was talking to you on Friday about the issue, I was being pretty open. I, I was, you know, it, it, and it wasn't. It was a discussion I would not have with probably any other human being, to be honest. So that really opens the door to new learning in a way that I think sometimes we forget. Yes. And again, I, I think that that you with your closest friends or relatives or family members is you have a bigger, broader relationship. And so that that is that is one that's built on hey, you're here for me, you love me, you want to see me succeed. And so it's a little bit of a bias and not wanting to, I don't, you know, if I was someone's spouse, I don't want to be the one to say, hey, have you thought about this? That really is like, maybe you're being um, a little stubborn and just keep doing what you're always doing because you had one success a hundred times ago. And our loved ones would hear that differently from us than they would hear from someone who, has, is it, we have a different relationship with. And really, as much as we may not like to hear it, we know that it has value. Mm -hmm. And they're willing to ask it um, because they know their only goal is to help you figure out what your next step is. So uh, if any of that sounds like, hmm, that might add value to my world, uh, please feel free to reach out to Bob and I'd be happy to talk with you more about how we help people figure out how to take their next step and you know take the chaos and uh lack of control into control and confidence to help you move forward all right great show today it was a show today sorry I put it uh in. can i just thank some people i want to thank jack kelly ed uh all of you for your comments your insights it really was uh, a valuable contribution can't thank you enough for taking time i know it's not 
not always fun to be typing on your phone or uh, on your computer early in the morning, but I appreciate both of us really do your, your input. Yes. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for being with us today. Of course, if you have a one thing, your antidote, please feel free to share it in the comments. Um, if you happen to be listening to the podcast, uh, please feel free to join us inside our Ring of Renegades Facebook group, where you can share your thoughts and ideas there. And as I mentioned that, we have a big announcement coming up in the Ring of Renegades Facebook group that we'll be sharing that sometime later today. Uh, something that you're going to want to, It's this is a significant uh, announcement for Bob and I. Bob is looking like he has no idea what I'm talking about, which means he's only remembering half of our conversation on Friday and forgetting the other half of our conversation on Friday. Are you surprised by that? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say something that I won't say. <laughs> Anyhow. You wouldn't be uh, alone. <laughs> that's right. So come join us in the Ring of Renegades Facebook group where you can, one, maybe, and most importantly, is gain some insight from others who might add value to what you're trying to accomplish. Or you might be able to share some value that somebody else has been desperately looking for or desperately needing to hear and just haven't been able to hear it. Um, and you can find out what our big announcement is. So we'll see you inside the Ring of Renegades Facebook group. If not, we'll see you tomorrow, 7 a.m.-ish Eastern time for our next episode of today's antidote. Hey, embrace the renegading you, whatever you do today. Embrace it. Excellent. All right, everyone, go out and enjoy the day. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to today's antidote, powered by the Renegade Success Network. The Renegade Success Network helps you confidently create your own unique pathway to success. To learn more about the Renegade Success Network and how you can take your next step, follow us on Twitter connect on LinkedIn, or join the Ring of Renegades Facebook group. For full details on how you can join our community, go to renegadesuccessnetwork.com. Embrace the renegade in you.